We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. definitely pushed the right clip and it showed the other one. But it's all good. How y'all doing today? Hi, this is Jennifer Park. <laughs> Black Hands Podcast. Uh, <clears throat> bear with us for a second. Uh, we're going to work some things out. But hey, we in here. So let's do a whip around real quick. Check in. Uh, Charles, how you doing, sir? Uh, it's a busy day, but I'm, you know, I'm excited to, to, to chat it up with y'all for a little bit. Breezy, how you doing, sir? Man, everything's different. The whole world has changed. Everything's over. Racism is over. Um, COVID is over. Um, the cavalry send them in, man. Like, it's different. It's, what do you mean, how am I doing? You know that the world's different now, right now, right? <laughs> right? You act like, you act like it's yesterday, bro. <laughs> like it's yesterday? Bro, we's free. We's free. You acting like Texas after emancipation. Like, we, is we free yet? No, nah, bro, it's done. It's over, <laughs> bro. I don't yeah. know. How, I don't know how that hits, man. Like, I, I, we'll have to see it in the audience, bro. I don't, when you do these master things and all this other shit, I don't know how it hits. Hey, uh, Reef, how you doing? Good. Good to be here. Good to see you all. It's a beautiful day in 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 Philly, and um, you know, good things happen. Bad things happen to some people, but good things happen to others. You know. Yeah, I've been telling you for years. Jones. It always comes back, come back to the Johns. You know what I mean? Shout out to the Johns. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so you know, I know we got a guest coming on and whatnot, but I feel like we can kind of lay the foundation for uh for for this conversation. Uh, what was y'all's uh thoughts on uh Biden uh Biden reaching two seventy and and the other guy uh, remaining at two fourteen? Who wants to start? Well, I mean, I'll just jump in, like, because mm-hmm. I'm the I'm the one who's telling you it's all good now. Like everything's all over with. Like police brutality, everything is over with now. So, um, th- my take is this is is very simple. He won very narrowly, um, and we lost some other places, which means we're gonna have a house, a senate, and a presidency that don't look optimal to me. Right now, that's just my take. Like I, don't, I, I get all the dancing and the celebrating because we have just been waiting for somebody to be gone for so long. I'm not going to name the devil because I don't want the devil to show up. Right. But, but, but we just been waiting so long for something to be gone that now that it is, I get the dancing. But we can't dance for too long. Yeah, shit, you shouldn't be dancing at all with COVID. Hey, oh, uh, Charles. <laughs> I think I think the same. I, I'm very very happy that that Trump is out, and I think that. Um, you know, now it's time to actually get to work. So people should celebrate, have your have your day, have your week or whatnot, right? And then 
like people got at Ice Cube and they said when he brought up his plan and brought up those conversations, it was the wrong time. So now let's start these conversations right out the gate, even before the inauguration happens. And like, let's actually make sure that we don't settle for moral victories this time and actually get some things that help black people in mass. That's what's up. Reef. Yeah. I mean, after all the tears and cheers, you know, I I agree. Like, you know, what's next? What's what's going to happen? And I I just can't stop thinking about 70 million still wanted Mm. the dumb stuff. That's a lot of freaking people like that's You know, even though Biden had more, that's I mean, that's a whole lot of folks. And, you know, we talked about this last week. Uh, You know, Chris, it ain't that they want four more years of anything. They want it for a lifetime. That's what they're fighting for. They are fighting for a lifetime. And yeah, while we're celebrating, they they mobilizing, they organize, you know. And so we we best understand and not get outflanked by the by the, you know. By That's the, the part that, that I think is missing in our analysis is his infrastructure is still there. So so uh, those seventy million. Wait, people, I don't know. If, I don't know if Ray got to give his uh, reaction. No, no, no. It's, it's all good. We you want to do it, and I don't get my. Go ahead, Ray. Go ahead, Ray. Go ahead, go ahead, bro. Go ahead. All right. So, uh, <clears throat> real quick, shout out to the Divine Nine, especially oh, her, 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 the Q's, because oh, the Q's saved America, right? Yes, and, we did. Back in February, when y'all was talking all this shit about Biden, and y'all was like, and y'all was like, I was like, oh no, he is no pathway for him. There's no this. There's no that. Bernie, 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 Bernie. My frat bro, my fraternity you, brother. Who is the that you speak of? From, from yeah. last side chapter of the Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated, South Carolina College it was, South Carolina State now, came in and gave a ringing endorsement. And after he gave that ringing endorsement, then up went Biden. So for y'all, the cues. <laughs> who did that? Say that again. Who did that? <laughs> Who was the person in South Carolina State? I missed that. It's, it's all good. We do some research. <laughs> it's all good. I don't do some research on, on the organization on the organization that left you behind. Do some research. But Ray, how, how do you feel about everything that happened? I mean, you're a Republican. I mean, I don't know if the conversations that are happening with Republicans and whatnot. And I see our guests is here, but I, I as we bring on our guests, I want to, you know, I want to make sure you you get to. So, so here's 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 what I'm gonna say. Right, I'm I'm not. Yet back to being uh, a conservative as of yet. Uh, I still got some work to do. I still got some <laughs> campaigns to work. Uh, I, I still I, I want to see some work being done in Atlanta and Savannah and that blue. So once that state turns all the way blue, and then the the two senators the two senators from that state turn blue and it's 50-50 and then it forces people to have to go across the aisle in order to work with one another in order to get government back the way it's supposed to be and then uh when we uh cancel this this uh this democratic tea party that's about to happen i don't know if y'all see it but i see it about to occur with the squad and them folks right and uh i just want to see government work man that's where i'm at all right well our guest is here, uh, and I'm going to, uh, as we bring in our guest, uh, Chris, why don't you help us make our amazing guest feel uh, welcome? Can you start off with her bio, please? Well, sure. So to our 8 Black Hands fans and friends and family, uh, we have a very special guest with us today to help us make sense of this election 
And whether we should be dancing or celebrating or what we should be doing right now, we need to, we need to bring in the big guns to help us understand. So today we have uh, former senator, state senator uh, in the great state of Ohio, Nina uh, Turner, who was also the co-chair of Bernie Sanders' national uh, presidential campaign for 2020, also has many other touch points that are perfect for our discussion because uh, Senator Turner knows about school district politics, knows about city council politics, knows about state politics, and knows about national politics. And I don't think that we are hitting all of our stops if we don't understand the totality of the system, the political system, when we talk about Black power, Black political power. Senator, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here with you. So we want to jump right in because... Um, We've had this cathartic moment, but we've had cathartic moments before in politics. Um, we dance, we sing, we uh, we do what we do because we're just so happy to get somebody out of a seat. And that is what has happened. But help us make sense in the aftermath here, number one, of what we might be missing as we dance and as we celebrate. And then also help us understand whether or not the Democratic Party can remain a big tent because we see this what looks like a rift between the Clyburn traditionalists and the more progressive wing. And is it going to survive? Is the tent going to be able to do what it's supposed to do? Well, Brother Christopher, that remains to be seen. I see you give the sister the hard question. <laughs> 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 nothing, nothing easy. I just get the hard question. <laughs> you know, I, I have an op-ed that I wrote for the Washington Post that uh, went live today, so I would love for all of your viewers and, and people who follow you all to go and read what I had to say. And I think that answers the question that you just asked me. There's a debt that is old. And so I don't begrudge people dancing in the streets and celebrating. You know, COVID is here. I think people are trying to find ways to let loose. I want us to go beyond that, though, because President Donald J. Trump, in my opinion, has been working on not being reelected since he got sworn in. So it's a very low bar. And I say that in, in my op-ed. It's a low bar to be not Donald J. Trump. I believe that leaders have to provide a provision, a vision for a vision that provides provision for the people and especially the next president of the United States of America. And so, again, I'm trying not to, I'm trying to be fair to the people who feel like they need to celebrate. But beyond that, I hope that all of the folks that were dancing in the street ready to roll up their sleeves and get to work on make, ensuring that demands are met. And if demands are not met, that there is a consequence to those demands not being met. That's, that's the energy. That's the energy that I needed right there. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate you. <laughs> I mean, but what's that mean, really? Like, so what is the rolling up of the sleeves for the average person that doesn't live and breathe politics every day who has to go to work on Monday and really has to, like, try and do two things at once, feed a family, keep kids halfway learning and also do our civic duty as trying to make sure we hold people accountable who, who say they represent us? What is the, the real roll up your sleeves and do some work? First of all, being aware, just winning an election doesn't 
uh, earn somebody a pat on the back. It's what are they going to do with the people's power, that the power belongs to the people. And so if you are among the ones that were dancing in the street and not just them, I'm trying, brothers. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> well, just say what you got to say. There was nothing to <laughs> well, see something. out there dancing about me. What the hell you dance? Anyway. Let it loose. This is, this is no, no, no. I, this, ain't, this ain't MSNBC. I want you to be as real. No, I know. No, I know. I know it's not my network TV role. Only reason why I'm saying that is that I don't want to begrudge people. If people are feeling elated and excited, that's fine. You know, I was in the grocery store the other day and there was a, I don't know if it was the granddaughter or the daughter, but it was an elder with her. And she, we were standing, you know, trying to grocery shop and they kind of cut me off a little bit. She said, oh, I'm sorry, my, she's so excited that uh, Biden won. And she was an elder. And, you know, my upbringing is you you respect your elders. I mean, it wasn't that I was going to say anything, but in my mind, I'm saying, wow. And the elder felt that way. And so who am I to begrudge an elder her right to feel that way? But what's going through my mind, not just that brief encounter, but what we've seen all over the country is this kind of release. And I think the release is bigger than just uh, Vice President Biden is now President-elect Biden. I think a lot of this release has to do with being hemmed up, being in COVID. And President Donald J. Trump has been exhausting, brothers. Let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether you support mm-hmm. some of the stuff he has mm-hmm. done or you don't, or you see him clearly for who he is, he has been exhausting. So I think it's a release. So I'm trying very hard not to be overjudgmental about how people decided to show their feelings about what happened in the election. Now, I just want sisters and brothers of all walks of life to take that a little further and hold folks accountable. So what is going to be the investments in the communities that got him elected, namely black folks who delivered for the Democrats yet again. And then we see that the data shows us whether it's the exit polls or where the votes were gotten from. We know that it was a working class coalition. It was a coalition also of young people. So what are you going to do? So the people who work every day have an obligation in a representative democracy to understand that voting is the end of the process. It's not the beginning of the process. And so we got to work and pay attention, work and make a demand, work and form coalition, work and make the demand, work and form a coalition. We just can't sit back and let folks get this off anymore because we already did eight years of the symbol. Mm. Okay, Mm. now it's time. Ain't no honeymoon. Get in there and get to work. Y'all said that President Donald J. Trump was the totality of the problem. He invented racism, white supremacy, anti-blackness. All of that just started happening on his watch. So if he is the problem, logically, it means when he's gone, then all those problems should be gone. Now, we know good and damn hell that ain't going to happen. But that's the premise by which the Democrats ran. And that's what they're going to have to own. <laughs> I, I, I see you laughing a little bit when you say he invented uh, racism, and I'm with you on laughing about that. But it, it felt like it a little bit for four years. <laughs> I mean, he was a little traumatizing. Oh, he uh, was. You know, I think that's why people are probably dancing a little bit. That was a traumatic presidency. Oh, no, it really was exhausting. Mm-hmm. Do- President Donald J. Trump is in everybody's head and he knows it. And that gives him a modicum of uh, that gives him a whole lot of power, even beyond the presidency. Mm-hmm. So we got to decide what we're going to do beyond President Donald J. Trump. No doubt he's a neo-fascist. He brought 
out the worst of the mm-hmm. American tradition, but to bring something out, that means it always has it, it already had to be there. And so I'm not saying that he does not have an, a role that I'm not saying that he didn't play a role and that we should not hold him accountable. All I'm saying is that we shouldn't allow other politicians who don't really want to do much of anything to mm. continue to use him. Because once he's gone, then what is going to be their excuse? They only got one, one, where, where was the relief for the people? They only got one relief in this whole COVID, just one. Mm. Think about that. Mm-hmm. There are over 50 million people unemployed and climate. Most health care is tied to a job. I know everybody doesn't believe in Medicare for all, but brothers, you got you all know that I believe in Medicare for all, even just some temporary relief for people right now. But the Congress decided to play political games because they can afford to. But Big Mama can't afford that for people to play political games. And so we have to be astute here. Yeah, well, one of the ways that people hold their leaders accountable and what we care about specifically here at Eight Black Hands is the education of eight million black children. Yes. Right. We talk about it religious. It is our religion. Each week to week, we talk about the the intellect of the black child being the, the sole location of our promise, uh, for especially for our future. So one of the ways in which we can hold leaders accountable is who they start choosing to put in cabinets. And when it comes to uh, the Secretary of Education, we have an opportunity now to put somebody into that role who cares about the 8 million Black children, and oh, by the way, the 13 million uh, Latino children that are in schools that aren't made for them, that don't work for them, were never built for them, and aren't going to help them reach their highest potential. So what is your advice on how we, we are heard on a position like that that is so important? I mean, that's absolutely right. Bright beam, I, I went and checked check that out. <laughs> And Why are you doctoring folks? <laughs> One of my, and, 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 for the re- and for the record, eight black cans is not under eight right being at the moment. Just we are independent in this piece. Just I'm proud hey, of Bright hey, but, hey, but listen, but I ain't getting that check. Bright beam is dope. And uh, hey, listen. So, I love Bright Beam. Hey, CEO of Bright Beam, I'm willing to shit uh to sell my stock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'm like here to answer this question. <laughs> I mean, education is one of the greatest equalizers that we have. We all know that on this journey to liberation, our, it was illegal. And so we forget that. You know, James Baldwin once said, know from what you came. If you know from what you came, there's virtually nowhere you cannot go. We must never forget. And we must always be reminded of that struggle, both the past, the present and the future and how we ameliorate the same type of struggle. So I applaud you all for talking about education at nauseum all the time. 365, seven days a week. That is what this is about because it is one of the greatest equalizers and it is something that our forebearers understood. This nation understood it with its anti-blackness and white supremacy that don't teach them how to read and write. Don't educate black folks. They understood this very, very clearly. And to this very day, we are still trying to play catch up. I get it. I served on the Cleveland City Council. I served on the Education Committee in the great state of Ohio, in the Senate, on the Education Committee. I get it. I was a college professor before I gave up my tenured position to, mm. to really go hard mm. in the pain. Mm. Y'all see, I put that tenure yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. That's real. Tenure real. You know, when, yeah. when the sister get tenure, that's real or a brother. So no, I really get that. And as a first generation college graduate, I say to you that I truly 
truly from a lived experience understand what the ability to be able to go and get a higher education has meant. But you got to start at point A before mm. you can get to part B. You got to make it through elementary school and junior high and high school before you can enter a college and then matriculate further. So we must make the demand that the requisite investments of our tax dollars are invested in our schools and don't accept anything less than that. We know that the federal government does not invest the greatest number of dollars. I just voted on a school levy in my home city of Cleveland, Ohio. Most of those tax dollars come from property taxes on the local level. Then the state puts some in and then the federal government puts the smallest pot. So it's not just the feds we have to hold accountable. It's also the state legislatures in this country as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to just follow up and thank you so much for those comments. One of the things that I wanted to just uh, follow up with is I, as the only Democrat that's actually a part of a black hands, it's a there's a Republican. I think he's still a Republican, but I there's, a, there's an independent. There's a, a, a libertarian. libertarian. Uh, <laughs> and I, yeah, Chris is the libertarian, but I'm the, I'm the Democrat. And I actually worked in a Dem party for a while from from before. And so one of the things that I'm concerned about and my, what my question is going to be around is I understand there is this affection that we have for unions. Right. But I also am looking at the moment right now that we're having with police unions and we're actually having them look at themselves and kind of be held accountable for being a rest haven for white men that has been abusing the bodies of, 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 of black, you know, black and brown bodies. I think we need to be looking at the teachers union in the, in the exact same way uh, where we have not been educating black and brown kids very well. And there's been abuse to the minds of black and brown children. And so my question is around our progressive love of unions, but also how do we make sure we get exactly what our kids need that's based in results and not just uh, a white women's work program? Well, well, no. And you say that because most teachers are white women. Yes, they are. We got to get some people of color. Was there something wrong with how I asked the question? (laughs) And and we need some bras up in there, too. Now, you know, teaching ain't ain't, ain't sexy for the bras. We got to get some brothers up in that classroom. You know, when I was on the Cleveland City Council, I prided myself on spending a lot of times in the schools in my in my in my ward. And I did that deliberately. And I will be the first to tell you that walking through those hallways, I saw some things that made my stomach turn. And I was very much engaged. When I went to the Ohio Senate, my district was much bigger, so I couldn't invest the same amount of time. But I'm not talking about what I've heard. I'm talking about being on the ground in these schools. And I'm seeing extraordinary things happen. And I'm seeing some not so extraordinary things happen. I'm saying all that to say that no system is infallible. And so we have to have what we call in the black community coming to Jesus meeting about the state of public education in the United States of America beyond the investment part. We know that under investment, shaving away at the funding that goes to education is one thing, but also reimagining. I'm borrowing that word from Dr. Eddie Glaw, who talks about reimagining everything. But we got to reimagine what education looks like in the 21st century and really address the needs of our children. And if I might add to that as well, that our community, you know, the African proverb, it takes a a village to raise a child. We 
need to get back to that. And I think between the village that is in our communities and the village that should be in our schools, we can absolutely turn this thing around. One example, and I know that this has not been scale, it hasn't been scalable, but I think about Dr. Uh, Jeffrey Canada, Mm -hmm. you know, the Harlem project is one example of something that could be scaled up. It is an experiment that has worked, but he has had an extraordinary amount of investment from various sectors in the community, including the the business sector, to be able to pull something off of that magnitude. We need to think about how we can scale up a program like that. And I know one size does not fit all. So I got you, brother. No system is infallible. And so Mm -hmm. we need to look at what works and duplicate that and what doesn't? Let's have the honest conversations. And you can have that and not be anti-union because we know that unions mm-hmm. and public sector jobs are really what help black people get to the middle class. I'm definitely not anti-union. So, yeah. I no, no, I know you're not. No, no, I, I'm I appreciate that breakdown uh, that you had. <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> well, I was about to say, we say it almost like it's a religion. Like we can't say anything bad about the religion. So we have to, if you say anything slightly critical about the union, you have to say two nice things about them in the Democratic Party to be able to make up for it. My bottom line is anytime black people show up to try and rewrite policy around education to their own liking and to their own need, the very first group of people you're going to see there in every state are white lobbyists for white teachers unions, even when they do have black staff and they have black black uh, uh, teachers. You can talk about some cities having black heavy, heavy teaching forces, but when you go to state capitals, it's the four horsemen in the apocalypse. You got the teachers union, the principals union, the school board associations, and so on, the entire system. And in some ways that would be great if they were fighting for better teaching and for better teachers and for the science of reading and for getting more people of color into the field. Sometimes that's not their fight. Sometimes that's not their ministry. And sometimes our democratic politicians are the first ones to tell us they're my constituency, you are not. And that's 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 harmful. That's hurtful. Brother Christopher, can I there's truth in in in, in what you're saying, and I get I I get it. I can tell you I've been on both sides of that. <laughs> Absolutely right. I in the city of Cleveland, the school district is run by the the mayor of this, and it's the only district in the state of Ohio where the district is run by the mayor. And when I was in the Senate, the mayor of the city of Cleveland wanted to restructure the schools, and the union did not like it whatsoever. And the mayor came to me and a colleague, and I'm going to make a long story less long. Let's just say I ran a file of the Cleveland's teachers union, mm-hmm. and when I tell you that they threatened my seat, that I still have the thousands of postcards that I've gotten about, you know, being a hater, even though I received a public school education. I taught children mm-hmm. at the Cleveland Public Schools at my at my college, Cuyahoga Community College. There was a special program for those students. I live in the city of Cleveland, unlike most of the teachers who teach uh, there. I actually preach. live here and preach. pay the damn taxes. And my <laughs> son went to the school district, all my siblings. So I get what you're saying. Like for every critique, we got we to gotta say, oh, but we love you. No, there are some things that need to be done differently. The few years before that, I was the savior because I fought against a a Senate bill that sought to take away collective bargaining rights. And you fast forward a year beyond that, I'm the spawn of Satan. 
because mm-hmm. I had my black mayor come to me as a state senator to say, I need to do some things in the Cleveland Municipal School District and I need your help. I need you and one of your colleagues from Cleveland. And that was state representative Sandra Williams. She's now Senator Sandra Williams to carry a bill. It's more complicated than what I'm saying. I'm just giving mm-hmm, you a quick mm-hmm. version. But the moral of the story is they came for a system. <laughs> and what my thing was, let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. I live in this district, and this district is mostly black children. And even if it wasn't most, I care about kids getting the education. If you got the mayor of the city, Cleveland, who's black, who mm-hmm. runs the school district, saying to me that he needs to do a certain thing, damn it, I'm going to help him do that certain thing. That's just it. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. all. And they tried. They tried to this right. day. They Some of them hate a sister to this day. You hear me? Mm-hmm. Every other thing that I've ever done was white. I mean, they put me, I was on the wanted poster for those folks. So I do understand as somebody who has served a large number of people, especially when I was in the Senate, I will say to you what I said to these folks who come te- talking that yin yang to me. And that's the technical term. I serve the mamas and the daddies that send their kids to charter schools, as well as I serve the mamas and the daddies that send their kids to traditional public schools. Now, I don't want public schools to be starved. Some of these charter schools have gotten away with murder, no doubt. But don't bring it. Don't bring it here because my obligation is to serve all, not just some. Mm-hmm. is to serve all. And many of them never had that damn responsibility. So they can come talking that smack. There was a hit piece put out on me when I was on Senator Sanders campaign. I, when I tell you they still holding that grudge, you, you would have thought I was on the ballot the way they plan. But they got wow. this white reporter, white female reporter do a hit piece on me um, uh, earlier this year. Mm. about what I did for the Cleveland Municipal School District. She probably will run on so Christmas, so, you know. Oh, you I know think. what? I think I've seen that. That was uh, probably you know, Rachel Cohen. I, re- I think I remember that's that it, That's who it is. Ray, don't you ever jump speak in that there, name. Hey, listen. Yes. No, 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 no. Okay, I, go I don't, ahead, man, That's I don't who it was. Go ahead, I don't want to interrupt this greatness right here, man. I'm sitting here thinking about just the crossover and pulling up from 30 and shooting a shot, baby. She up here talking this black woman stuff, man. Got me all amped. Anyway, no, um, no, I do you, want to say this. I know you got to move on, Ray, but I do want to say it's funny that that came to be just in this moment like that, because it just pinged me that that is this is a person who has done that to multiple people of color yeah. and leadership roles mm. and always it's and it, it just get given a journalism job on a silver platter, like go go forth and uh, and beat up on people of color who have more lived experience than you <laughs> for making decisions you don't like. And, Anyways, and the bad thing about it, the thing about it, she didn't even. Oh, I'm a cuss. She didn't even care. <laughs> they do it all the time. Let, we do. What? We say that shit all the time. In the school district that we needed to pass a levy. A levy hadn't been passed in the Cleveland Municipal School District for 15 years at that damn point. You hear me? And I took the hard position to help not just the mayor of the city of Cleveland, but these babies that I give a damn about Mm. that are majority black, but the white kids that go to the school district are Hispanic kids, all the damn kids. And this woman had the pure under, y'all can tell, I got some black girls. (laughs) And when I say that chick came after me, Karen came for me, okay? She, She tried it. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, you, you guys know I stepped away from the whole Karen scene. But listen, um, if you <laughs> if, if if you can pick up that secretary, that's why I'm glad she said Becky, Karen, if, whatever she can't <laughs> tell him. Tell, tell him you you're speaking. A, <laughs> Ed Secretary, uh, for this Biden administration. Oh, um, who who would you select? <laughs> 
Oh, shoot. I'm going to give you the full screen because you, you, you're going through it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You caught. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I do not know. I mean, Jeffrey Canada definitely comes to mind. Mm. Um, there is. Who would I pick? Oh, my God. My former president of Cuyahoga. Oh, Jerry Sue Thornton. She might not be as well nationally known, but she comes to mind. She ran the hell out of Cuyahoga Community College. Uh, she's just a stellar educator. She comes to mind. Those are my two people. So I know they're not as well known, but those are my two top choices that come to mind. Appreciate you. How do you, how do you think uh, black folks can have a say in that? <laughs> like, how can we be heard? Like, what can we do? I mean, well, we got to build you know. a, we got to build coalition. First of all, look for the organizations that care about education who may already be given thoughts to what names they want to put forward and join those either join the organization, or just for, form a coalition on that particular issue mm. and, and, and put it out there. Call our elected officials, call the call the folks that, that represent and say, hey, these are the names that we're thinking about. Y'all need to lift these names up. That's how we, mm-hmm. we, we, we got we to gotta talk to them and then make our voices heard. So quick I, question. I know we don't have you very much longer. Um, how, do you, yeah. how do you think the Dems fared uh, election night? Because you, you, you hear some varying, you know. Miserably. Like I said, go go read my op-ed. I, I, I put it out there. I, baby, I critiqued the whole damn election according to SNT. Yes, I did. I Listen, you, they lost seats in the House. Let me, let me back up and say this. I understand the historic nature of this election and congratulations to Senator Harris. I got it. And I want to rest. I want to rest in that for a minute. It's beautiful. Now, so I'm taking her out. I'm acknowledging the history of it. And it's beautiful. You said the Dems as a whole. Yes, ma'am. They don't have a, a political mandate. You don't have 70 million and counting people vote for the man that's there and 75 million and counting for the other side and say that you got to you don't have a political mandate. But there is a moral mandate that must be met. And that moral mandate is this, which is you need to govern hard. And you need to provide for the people hard. And when I say provide, I'm talking about our tax dollars. Not 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 this ain't charity. This is our money. So stand up for something and don't be afraid. Don't flinch on it. That's it. And that's all. Medicare for all, as far as I am concerned, especially in the midst of a COVID, I think it is immoral that some Dems are standing up there. And and this goes for Congressman Clyburn. Talking, talking about, about my frat brother. Don't, <laughs> don't run. I'm just going to say my, my elder. Look, respect. Yeah. However. People are suffering out here, brothers. They ain't got time for folks to play games. See, the people who got health care on the taxpayer's dime can tell other folks we can't have Medicare for all. Yeah. You had, what, six states legalize marijuana, either either medicinally or for recreational use. You got the state of Oregon that decriminalized most drugs. Hello, somebody. Come on, we got to make investment. We must dismantle and rebuild. Well, the legal system is working exactly as it is designed to 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 work. And so we need some changes there so that black bodies can live. And that's not the only. And I'm not just talking about policing. I'm talking about judges. I'm talking about 
prosecutors. I'm talking about attorney generals. Hello, somebody. I'm talking about the whole damn system. The whole damn thing. And I'm saying that as somebody, my husband is a retired police officer and my baby boy is in law enforcement right now. My millennial baby is in law enforcement right damn now. So I see it from all sides. You Mm. hear me? But we need to do a new thing in this country. Normal don't work. So anybody, if you hear folks talking about, let's just get back to normal. They want to get back to brunch. Oh, hell no. Never works. (laughs) Don't work for the poor, the working poor, the barely middle class. We got 140 million people who are poor or low income in the United States of America. I double dog their people to go look at the repair of the breach. Uh, Reverend Dr. Bishop William Barber and the poor people's campaign and look at that agenda. So yeah, y'all dance today, but I hope folks up there making some damn demands tomorrow. I want to see that number of people who are out there dancing in the street, ready to get to work on holding the Democratic Party accountable. That was a long way for me to say they lost seats. <laughs> they lost seats in the car in the House of Representatives. So don't don't get don't get haughty about it. Mm-hmm. No, don't do that. But, but 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 one may say one might say that those were seats that they were they probably should have never picked up anyway. No, one might not say that because they didn't want. One one does say that. Oh. He right there. He just one said it. He that. Okay, one can say that, <laughs> but they the ones that was talking all that trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, as my grandmother say, don't write a check. Your behind can't cash. But she, no, she don't say. Well, she didn't say behind. Your grandmama never said she behind. Said, don't write a yeah. check. Your ass can't cash. <laughs> That's there what grandma said. Why, why you keep taking the screen off this woman? I want the screen on this woman the whole time she's here, man. I'm cutting up this liquid gold. Tomorrow. <laughs> hey, you know what? So, what one could you, say uh, though. Okay, one good. could say this. One could say though <laughs> that some of those seats were lost because people were running ads attaching people to my to Ilhan and AOC and the Green New Deal. Christopher, don't you do that? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Listen. Don't well, wait, wait, wait. Let me just give you one clear example. Colin Peterson lost his seat here to some crazy QAnon person. I don't know what you call QAnon, QAnonanon, QAnon. Don't do that. There you go, bro. So, so Colin Peterson, long-term dude, lost his seat to to Kananans, and all of the commercials that they ran against him, this long-term congressman, all the commercials they ran against him didn't even have him in it. It just had AOC, Ilhan, Nancy Pelosi, Green New Deal, and it was all darkened pictures. And, you know, like, and that's how they took seats, right, from people. So I do, I'm sympathetic to the argument that it's different to run on the Green New Deal in AOC's district versus when you're talking about people in the heartland. Professor, brother, let's talk Let's talk is, about it, Professor. Is that brother Chris talking? I'm just, no, 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 I'm just making this, this an brother. observation. The screen is on you. you I, know? Listen, no, and I, I respect what you just said, my brother. I respect that. <laughs> no, you don't, but it's okay. Stephen, Stephen, Stephen Covey once said, the world were not one of the <laughs> Seek first to understand and then to be understood. So I understand. Now, I want to be understood here. We cannot afford. Environmental racism is real. And what is happening to Mother Earth at the hands of human beings is real. So you mean to tell me that I can't have a real conversation about my to my with my constituents about what's really going on with Mother Earth and that if we don't ask our sisters and brothers in the West 
with all them wildfires who couldn't damn breathe, whether or not we need to sit down and talk about a Green New Deal and how we gonna handle climate, both as a nation and as a world. Now, you got some constituents who don't understand that. I don't know what to tell you. Now, when your people wanna talk about Sister Ilha, she was out there door knocking. See, she helped drag uh, a Vice President Biden over the finish line. You, you understand? So listen, don't do that. Stand up for something. <laughs> don't do that. Y'all, y'all the Q, need hey, the cues. The cues saved America. The cues. They, they need to stand up for America. something. Black folks all over from Detroit, right? Black yeah. folks in Pennsylvania. Hello, Philadelphia. Mm. Black folks. The Jones did the that. Yeah. So stand you know, up Senator, for you know, Senator, what, what they what scared I, what, of. They, they lost love, what they scared. What I love about what you're saying right now, honestly, is not the point that you're making. It's something totally different. <laughs> it's just that you keep saying black folks. Yes. And I just love you for yeah. saying that. I just yeah. love you yeah. right now for including hey. us hey. in this win, right? Because, uh, because including they, men. Because you yeah. keep saying black folks. You keep talking yes. about us like we're one, like like yeah. like men matter. Yes. Like men, men are like matter. men like men are yes. part I of this. Love so I just love you for that. Put that screen back on her, man. Black I love men you for that. matter, baby. Let me tell you something. More, mm. Black men voted for President Trump, and you know why? One of the reasons why is because the Democratic Party has left black men out. I don't play that. See, our people, mm. our rise in this country has come together mm. and we got to stop picking exactly. up other people's bad habits. Damn it. And I mean that. Exactly. We, that doesn't mean we don't have women need our black girl magic moment. We need it because y'all work our nerves sometimes. I get it. And, and we, and we work. Y'all, I, <laughs> I we need our no. moments but as a matter of tactical and what i would say a deep love for community that means black men and black women together that don't mean we don't have our own problems and our struggles but if you look historically as how we have got to where we are today it has it has been together and we shouldn't let anybody tear us apart nobody Mm. No party. We weren't born a Democrat, wasn't born a Green Party, wasn't born a Libertarian, wasn't born a Republican. Damn it, we were born black in America and we're going to die black in America. So how are we going to let some party lift up? See, they elevate black women at the expense of. It's, it's nothing wrong with elevating mm. the sisters. Sisters been holding it down, brothers. Y'all need to go and tell the mm-hmm. truth Absolutely. about that. Yeah, that's Absolutely. what's up. But hey, you don't have to do that at the expense of the brothers. Women. And black women, we should didn't allow it to be done. Mm, mm. So I love it. Preach. So let, let me ask you this. We need, some, we need some t-shirts I, and postcards. I know, I know we got a let black Turner so, so I, Turner, I know I want to make sure that you come back and you join us again. You have oh my God, I can't wait. We got everybody following you. And if y'all enjoyed this, y'all need to go follow her. I put her stuff up and y'all got to like you. Uh, not a, uh, Senator Turner, I want to make sure we let you go. Hey, hello, to- somebody. Hello. hello, somebody, Doc. Don't forget now my podcast. Hello, somebody. Go to ninaturner.com. <laughs> y'all need to go on and subscribe. Well, what that uh, means I'm is you need to invite us on the podcast. I am. And they will subscribe once that happens. Uh, <laughs> Senator Turner, I know you got to go just in closing because I got a few messages as you were talking. And people are genuinely confused around what they, when we say the work starts now or what they can do, what are just a few things that you could just leave us with as you go out? 
Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so glad you asked me that. Doc. So I want you to go visit ourblackparty.org. Our Black this was mm. started by some young and some seasoned, but mainly young elected and formerly elected Black officials to talk about Black issues and they need allies and co-conspirators. So if you're not Black, you still can help. Allies and co-conspirators. So ourblackparty.org. Org. If I said .com, I meant .org. .org. Look, how can you get involved? First of all, start at your community level. You know, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King said we all can be great because we all can serve. Everything don't have to be a national. Start at home. I know there's some needs there. Look at some organizations. There's another organization that's ran by Brother Phil Agnew, who is a national surrogate on the Sanders campaign with me called Black Men Bill. Woo, baby, Black mm. Men Bill. Y'all better mm. talk about the, that. The Philip Agnew, so I need you to go visit Black Men Bill, baby. I want you to do that. But listen, the best thing that you can do is find something that you love, something that gets you up, that gets your juices uh, uh, boiling, whether you care about the environment. Some of you care about wealth and income inequality. Some of you care about criminal justice reform. Some of you care about, about... you know, women's issues, whatever that is, put your hands to it. Don't let what you can't do get in the way of what you can do. And if we do what we can, where we are with what we have, we can be the change we want to see in the world. Brother Mahatma Gandhi said that. Let me tell you what Ella Baker said. Mama Ella Baker said, we who believe in freedom cannot rest. Yeah, right. Let me tell you what Congresswoman, Congresswoman, one more. Barbara Jordan said, what the what the people want is very simple. They want an America as good as its promise. You need mm. to be a part of creating mm. an America as good as its promise. Now, we can talk about it. We can tweet about it. We can Instagram about it. We can FaceTime about it, Zoom, all that stuff. But we need to get to work while you're doing all that complaining. Complain mm. and work. At the same wow. time, be That's the change, dope. baby. That's Do that. Dope. Thank you. Thank you so, Thank so you. much. Oh, my God, Appreciate I love you. Y'all. I got to shout out Jennifer Farmer for bringing us together. Oh, my, I needed this. Love Jennifer. I'm, I'm feeling yeah. heavy right now. I don't know about y'all, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling unsettled. That means when we go to your page, we're going to see that you shared this, and everybody can see this on your screen. And uh, I am now following you, and hopefully you'll follow us oh, all. Oh, I'll follow you all, and I will share you. this on my page. You, y'all got Senator Turner unleashed tonight, baby. Uh, no, appreciate it. Uh, well, thank you. Appreciate you. Okay, Absolutely. Bye-bye. You have a good one. I'm going to pull you out. Let me just say that was beautiful. That was wonderful. I love it. Ray, I don't know what you want to do in terms of going long or going short. I do want to put a quick shout out because I have to say this before we move on. Yeah. Um, it's it's black men dot build because I just did a quick search looking for for black men and it might bring up something that not all y'all want to be looking at. <laughs> so I just want to go ahead and say it's black men dot build. Make sure you put the dot build in there, right? Thank you for uh, that. Thanks for might, saving us. You might get a whole other appreciation of black men that you weren't looking for. So um this this is this is amazing. I'm so energized right now. Well, I, I'm I'm glad I see people were liking it and loving it. I need the comment. I need the, the the likes and the shares to represent how much you loved it, right? So we need those likes and those loves. So take take some moments right now on three, smash that like button, 
heart it, do whatever you need to and share it. Um, but how, how, so let's just unpack that because there was a lot there. But I think that she did a the senator did a great job of capturing my sentiment. Um, and I'll just start briefly. Like there was a lot of people that called me very excited about this election, and I was excited. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that 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 King Cheeto was gone. Like I'm very very happy about that. But I wasn't super excited one because I know there's a legal process that needs to happen, and I know this dude got judges everywhere and you got a, a supreme court judge right so he's gonna do a bunch of lawsuits and maybe one or two might make it to the supreme court where he might get his ruling but i think we should be okay but two is i know that for the struggle for black minds and education or whatnot i know that there is a are certain groups that got they horns and claws into biden and his campaign and it worries me when we start talking about education and talking about who's going to actually be held responsible and accountable around educating black and brown children right because if some people have their way there'll be nothing to test if this is working out there'll be nothing to show if teaching is actually working the way it should be and our black and brown kids will continue to be um, left behind. So I think that she carried a lot of that. So that's just my general reaction. I actually don't have much more to say, but we can carry on that ASEC, uh conversation that y'all wanted to have. Uh, yeah, I would just I would just say like you know I'm really glad that she she was on. I, I love the idea of you know what she was promoting is like unity, black unity. You know, like when all these uh, different folks are saying different things and and like not only erasing uh, black men but really acting like we're not partners in this, that we don't suffer at uh, similar rates. And right, like while we might have the highest level of mass incarceration, black women have the you know the most uh, highest increasing number, right? Like we're facing this the the common enemy and we can't snipe at each other. So I really appreciated her uplifting that. I appreciated her uh, saying like, hey, we need more black men uh, leading classrooms, right? Mm. Um, being in, in education, like if that's where our kids are and we recognize the, the weight and the importance of education and we recognize, you know, how many uh, of these kids do not see anyone that share their sociopolitical interests, that share their cultural background, that have their interest at, at the same level that they have their own children's interests, then, you know, we have to jump in the fray, right? Build our own and jump in the fray at the same time. And so I appreciate that. And and the, the idea of like, hey, 70 million voted for um, for the clown. And so that's, that's a hell of a lot of people. And guess what? They ain't just, you know, people wouldn't say, oh, they just like farmers or redneck. Like, nah, they your judges, they your cops. They your teachers, <laughs> they your superintendents, right? And so, you know, the opposition is fierce. So you better be fiercer. Uh, I think it's more fierce. But right. I was about to say, I'm wondering. I was wondering. Fierce, sir. Today, bro, you be more fierce. I'm gonna be fiercer. <laughs> okay, that that feels that feels something like a quinonanon. But okay, <laughs> something like a that reminds me of the, the Muppet. Quinonanon. <laughs> Screams on you, bro. Your take. Quinonanon. Um, <laughs> y'all ever see that Muppet John? Oh, there's something wrong. Right now. <laughs> um, man, I love the way Charles always brings it home because I, I think it's, um, I, I think we're a little bit homeless right now, to be very honest with you, because we could celebrate a lot of what's going on. There's a lot of catharsis happening, but when it comes to this education issue, the thing that we care about all the time, it feels like when it really comes down to it, the people that are supposed to be our friends oftentimes aren't. And it feels like even with all this celebrating, some of us still have in the back of our head this worry, this worry that when it comes right down to it, I, I, I heard Biden say, teachers, be happy. 
there's going to be one of you in the White House. My wife is a teacher like you. And my thought is when we talk about education, we always kind of just like fetishize the teacher. It's always about the teacher. It's like the whole world revolves around you. And oftentimes that teacher is a woman. And oftentimes that is a woman that's of a demographic that isn't our kids. So it's always, it feels like a fetishizing of the wrong thing. And I just always long for people to say, students, hope is coming. You are going to have people who know how to teach reading. There's light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to have a state where more than a third of you can read at grade level. Hope is coming. You know, it's just, it, it, I just long for that. And I know what we're about to see is, I don't know. I don't know. I'm guessing what we're about to see is a very disappointing um, pageant of people coming forward to be in this main position that we're going to be disappointed about. And, and all I want is one thing, someone with receipts. Have you ever taught? It, you did teach? Oh, okay. Can we see your receipts? How did the kids do? Oh, oh, they did lousy? And who were they? Okay, next, right? But I don't think we're going to get to that point where we get that serious about receipts and, and passing people up because their receipts are bad. Yo, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's interesting that you that you should say that because I'm thinking about tomorrow morning and I'm thinking about the 70 million uh, folks that voted for, for Trump. And again, if you look at the breakdown of the demographics, you got, you know, 50%, 55% of uh, white suburban moms, according to exit polls that I don't think are valid, but uh, 55% of moms, I think that number's higher, right? And so if you think about, you know, the cal- if you just do the simple calculation in your mind about 80% of teachers are uh, being white, like a lot of white people that are going to be in front of black kids tomorrow, voted for Trump, have that mindset, you know, I don't think that. But see, I want to make myself clear. I don't think of the 70 million people that voted for Trump that all 70 million are racist. Oh, God, I don't. I don't. Because I and the reason why I say that, the reason why I say that and we can talk about this more is because I think that some people vote for single issues and those are the issues that resonate for them. And so, you know, because they voted on that, that issue doesn't make them be a racist. It just makes them be embedded and emboldened to that issue. What would they need to do to prove to you that they was racist? It's not, it's not about proving anything to me, bro. I mean, like, I'm, I, you know, listen, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a interact with them the way that I'm gonna interact with them or whatever, you know, like I'm not giving anybody the benefit of the doubt. We're not in, we're not in that space in America to where we can give people the benefit of the doubt. It's, it's too, it was too many Word. caravans and shit. It's too many things going on in my neighborhood, too many signs I'm seeing or whatever, you know, and like he lost, you take that sign down my memory's still there. That shit, that sign is like being at a clan meeting. So I get it, you know, but like there were some people that didn't outwardly express or drive around with the caravans and do all that other stuff and whatnot, but they still voted for Trump. Outwardly express doesn't necessarily reveal your mindset. No, not at all. I'm not saying that. So that's what I mean. Like, but if, if, if you have a single issue, but yet you say, you know what, that's more important than the lives of, you know, humanity, you know, like that means you are siding with someone who is overtly part of that caravan. Like he's leading the caravan with the trumpet and the clown hat. Like he, this is what he's doing. Right. And so like, I, you know, that's 70 million. I think they're saying exactly uh, what they want. I I think they're saying exactly the type of America that they want. I think, I think they're saying exactly like, yeah, you know, the roaches are out and don't turn the light back you know, back on because we going to be here. Right. And I, so that's what I think, that it is absolutely right. You know, 
uh, his statements, his actions, his his ability to stir the the pot in the way that he did. He attracted people and they can say what they want about, oh, it's about this one particular issue. Now, nah, he attracted them for some other stuff. That's right. OK, I mean, you know, you, you're not giving a little bit of the doubt. I am. I mean, like, <laughs> hey, listen, listen, if you got if you got black men, black men that, that were I'm, saying, I'm, you know I'm fiercer than you, bro. That's all you know, I can say. So so what's, what's your take on the black men that voted for him then? Listen, I'm not going to say numbers because I don't think those numbers I don't think those numbers are accurate. I mean, it's a small percentage of folks of of our people and Mm -hmm. anti-blackness. Remember, we've said this time and time again. Anti-blackness is not only in white circles. You know, there are people who ingested that wholly, embraced it wholly. And they feel that, you know what? We we talked about this before. They don't want to end white supremacy. They want to improve their position in it. And so if they can improve their position in it in proximity to these jokers, they will. Right. But that's still a very small percentage of our people. The vast majority of us, we got our heads screwed on straight. You yeah. know what? I, I I think that the conversation and debate that that Ray and Reef is having is a, is fine. It's a good one, I, and I say this respectfully, like to both, right? Because I think y'all are both right. I just don't care. I'm not I'm not concerned about it. I'm concerned about educating our kids. I'm tired. I'm past the part of asking. Uh, I don't I don't whoever's racist. I'm not gonna ask you to not be racist. Like you a black they, man. They teach my children. They teach my children. Yeah. They teach my children. I do care. Let me talk. Let me talk. I just want to say this. Are you asking? They are. They are. They are that's not how racism works. Children. That's not how racism works. Racism don't exactly work. how it works. That's exactly racism how it works. Talk. Can I finish my, my, my statement? Racism don't stop because you ask white people to not be racist. They're going to hide it better. They know what to say better. They know what to kind of do and move better. But it don't go away. Like, again, if our freedom and our education is dependent on white people or racist people no longer being racist, then take us out that game because that's never going to we never going to make that happen. And I think what Ray was saying and what he was touching on is there were black people, brown people and people of color that voted with Trump. And like there were some things that they were asking for, some things that they were worried about. I'm not here to cape for Trump people. I'm not here to cape for Biden people. I'm only on this podcast for one reason. Black people and their education. That's it. That's it. That's all I care about, right? Yeah, but so, you like, say this a lot, Charles. You say this a lot about I, like, like not, it, and that's not no, what no, we were saying. This, I was about to say you're missing it. Like, like this but is I'm the part not, I, I feel like you're missing the point. This is the part that I feel like you missed. Well, first you off, say wait, I couldn't miss say this often. You interrupted me the whole time I was making my point, <laughs> right? But you say this often, like, like no one was, on this podcast is ever saying. No one on this podcast has ever said that our freedom should depend on white people not being white, not being racist anymore. I'm saying that right now. And no, nobody, nobody on this podcast no, says that. Nobody said that. Y'all interrupted me to make this point. I can, but I can actually this, make that said this, because Ray was trying to make a point about this too, and I understood what Ray was saying. What Ray was saying was that there was more black men, more black women, more Latino people that were voting for Trump. And the thing is, and I was just on a podcast with Boyce Watkins where it was a bunch of black Trump supporters. I didn't even know that was possible, but That's they were it's very possible. It's possible. But what they were talking about, but wait a second, but those people made sense in what they were saying. They were saying that, that they didn't want to keep caping for a party that only talked to them during times for election. They were saying that, that they were grabbing that stuff back and they were willing to partner with people that may not feel the same way that they feel. And we can have that conversation or not, but if you keep ignoring those people, it's going to be- We're not ignoring that though. That's the point that I'm making. That's that's not what's happening here in this podcast. And that's not what I saw happening between, um, between Ray- and Sharif, when they were going back and forth, what I saw them uh, going back and forth is a point that I do think is germane in this one way. 
you you go through life, you understand what a stop sign means to tell you, right? You understand what your blood pressure tells you. Calling things what they actually are is the first right of being a sane person. If a thing is racist, you call a thing racist, right? And there's a reason to identify racist and racism. I didn't say it wasn't. I didn't say it wasn't. Continue. No, but what, you, but, what, but what you are keep saying is it does. it's not germane. It's not germane whether or not this person is racist or not. Yes, it is. I'm yes, saying you said things you that everybody at, agree with, and it's not moving the conversation forward to us getting what we need for ourselves. That's but, what I'm saying. And, and I'm saying and neither, neither is, but neither is saying, uh, you know, if my freedom depends on white people not being racist anymore, that's a statement where that's not moving anything forward either. Because the bottom line is, if your kids are in a racist school system and they have a racist teacher, identifying that and pinpointing where that is is important. It is important to diagnose and do the forensics on where racism exists. What I'm saying is, is that if we start looking at scores and how kids are doing and you get bad teachers out of there and, and you keep teachers in there that's teaching, teaching kids how to read and do math, then that's what I'm concerned about. And what I'm saying is, is that I do think that and I do think it's a strong statement because when I turn on CNN all the time, all I see is Van Jones crying, begging white people. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do it. See, this is what we're doing. We're going for I'm the point, I'm a, right? I'm just going for the points, right? I'm going to do it. Like, like, I'm going to do it. Because listen, man, and again, I love all of y'all, but I don't care how y'all feel about this. I care about what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this, right? Is that at the end of the day, black and brown kids can't read. They can't read. I'm on this podcast because we want to make sure that we got the right folks in there. I just said what I, I said mean, about and you yelling at three fathers that have to make sense of the system. I agree with you. You're yelling at three fathers that have to make sense of the system, too. And that's fine, right? But right? I'm, I'm telling you, I, I the mean, system, the system so, is where your kids here's, are. Here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going right? to say. Even, 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 even though I'm a father that has to make you know decisions about a system that I don't think is necessarily built for my kids in particular or for black kids and brown kids in general, he still has a right to his opinion. And and no he's doing the he work. Have a right. Hey, no and he, he, no and, one's saying and, that. And he's doing he's doing the work, right? And so no like, one's saying he, anything about that. No one is I'm saying not, anything about that. I want to hear about what he's saying. Hear about saying. People being racist. My you know. thing that I'm saying is, is that talking about it and saying like, oh, we got I, you don't who don't know is racist people in these schools. Who don't know? Who doesn't know? Who? Raise your hand if you don't know that there's racist people around here. Who? Please. Which ones? Which ones? You have Any, eight. You, anybody, you have eight, you have, you have eight teachers. Show, you have eight teachers. There's, there's not, equal, there's not one teacher in your class. Because I'm wearing the main. They, they I stand up in front of the unions and I say they racist. I stand well, up in the well, union and I say, "Look at your numbers. These numbers prove that you racist." And what I'm saying is, is that if we get back to actual results around the, the kids that are most abused in our system, we don't even have to have that conversation because we're getting rid of the bad teachers that ain't making sure your kid can read. Any teacher that takes all the credit for the one kid that does well, but every other kid that's fucked up is like now it's because we ain't got enough money or whatever. You gotta go. You gotta go. So what like, about, what about I'm the teacher that can help, help your kid read? What about the teacher can help your kid read and is racist? I mean, look, I, I, that's a good. I, you know what? Check this out. If I, if you want to have a few of them, you have a few of them. I would have a bad take right now. Yeah. Go ahead, Ray. Give me the screen. I'll have a bad take. I'll uh -oh. take. Here it comes. I'm guess what? You know what I would do? If there's somebody who said they was racist, but they actually taught me how to read and taught me how to do math, I would take them over somebody who loved me but couldn't teach worth a damn. 
Well, that ain't a bad take. That on my own. How about well, that? That ain't take. a bad take. I, I made that same take. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just, <laughs> I made that same take. That's not bad. I guess the part of it is like, and, and Ray lived in the South too, but like I lived in Kentucky, man. I lived in Kentucky where there were actual rules about how you talk to white people. I yeah. lived in I lived in a place where like racism was not like this covert thing where like shit could happen to you. Like yeah, real mm-hmm. shit could mm-hmm. happen. And what mm-hmm. I'm saying that ain't is just in the South. He lived down there, he know that shit. And that ain't just in the South. <laughs> but, but no, no, no. It's different in the South than it is in the North, though. In the North, it's like Mal- no, Malcolm said it. everything, everything south of the Canadian border is the South. All <laughs> all Mississippi. He said it's all Mississippi. He said it's all Mississippi. New York, Mississippi. So 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 Charles is talking. I made my point. I'm fine. I like I have no problem standing alone on that stuff. I'm just saying, like, we talking like just because we talk about racism or whatever, that don't mean that some you think the racist white person gonna Fall on this show and be like, "Oh, I'm not racist, not no, more. racist no more." <laughs> but, do you, but do you think that's, that's what anybody here is saying, though? That's my point. I love black think, people. Now. Do you think that's I what think anybody here is saying? Though? Change it, didn't say, it didn't argue saying, the point. Is, is point. Nobody was saying, saying any of Nobody that. was saying that. <laughs> Yo, love y'all. Right. Well, I'll be crazy then. I know what I heard and, and what and I said what I said and I mean it. And I'll say it again. That's fine. Whoever you want to call the real racism. And that's what fine. they said. He meant what he said. We all mean what we, all said. we can move <laughs> on. Y'all can take it off me. I'm good. I'm done. Hey Reef, what you gotta say, Reef? <laughs> I already said what I had to say. Let's see like, your bad take, Reef. You come up with a bad take now. Well, according to Ray, you know, I was the literature and history teacher for quite a long time he's going the bad take was that fiercer is a made-up word with you know but okay well, uh, well that okay um what i what i, I was saying hey, you still holding on to that it's funny yeah i keep crack i keep laughing about it. it's funny the i think the you know the piece that i think we can all agree on is one nobody is saying that you know oh beg people to stop or ask people to stop we're talking about power concedes nothing without a demand. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about organizing. We're talking about making sure that people are accountable. We're saying call a spade a spade. And we're saying making sure that we are pitching in. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping in on you like you jumped in on that. me. Oh, that's fine. Jump in. What, which part did, did you I say something mean? different from that? No, don't, you, you, can keep, you can keep the screen. I'm going to heckle him like he heckled me. Oh, that's fine. Go ahead. But my blood pressure ain't going to rise while you heckle me. I'm, fine. I'm good. Your I'm blood good. pressure ain't going to rise because you are medicine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why you got to do that, bro? <laughs> why you got to be like that? Cute, cute, on and on. Huh? Hey, he got, he, got, he got that good job. <laughs> hey, they call it Philly for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Something like a Q9 and on. <laughs> hey, what is what is this you doing with the with the Q9 uh What is it? it? It's you, bro. It's you. It's, it's just Q9 and on. It's your people. You you a Q. And oh, you got yeah, the nanananans. I didn't even realize you was doing no, that. No, no, no. Well, you're Republican, so you got the nanananans on both sides. You got the Qs and the nanananans on both sides. Because you hey, know, listen, so 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 right now, right now, right now, right now, I'm putting both of y'all jokers on the left side of the screen because the Charles best. respects the, Charles respects the divine nine. So put both of y'all jokers on the left side of the screen, and I want I want to hear from y'all. Uh, what's y'all's take on on, on, on representative, representative uh, Clyburn and uh, and how he saved America? I mean, okay, this will be my bad take. Uh, hold, on, hold on, let me put the screen on you because I'm going to run this. <laughs> Go ahead. No, you can't run this one. You can't run this. <laughs> uh, 
listen, I feel like it's sexy to be part of the left of the left of the left and of the Green New Deal and all of that stuff. I think Clyburn lives in a reality-based society and he is making a reality-based claim, which is not everybody can run on that. The only reason you have Democrats in some places is because they are centrists and because they are moderates. And if they weren't either of those things, you would have a liberal Republican or a moderate Republican in that very same seat. So the idea that, you know, uh, we have a whole bunch of young people in the world and a whole bunch of kind of Bernie zealots who believe that the only problem with the Democratic Party is that it hasn't shifted everything to their side. And if it did, you know, the whole world would go go left. And the Mm -hmm. truth of the matter is the reason you're going to lose a few seats in times like this Mm -hmm. is because people are going more right when you're trying to be when your own party is calling on you to do things that are hyper left. I'm not saying that with any judgment about whether each of these are right. I just know that the Democratic Party has to hold a different balancing act than the Republicans do. Republicans can be a one note party. They can be the party of racism and they will keep their, they will hold their people. That's the only base that they have to actually stay straight with. The Democratic Party is a it's a chorus of voices. It's a symphony of voices. And you have to conduct that just right and finely tuned. And these folks on the left, left of the left of the left, left of the lefty of the left, left, who are running in Brooklyn and hyper lefty places where it's super safe for them to say all this stuff that they say. They can do it if they want to, but like the have them try and run that. And when Charles talks about Kentucky, when people, you know, talk about like, like, you know, places like here, Minnesota or Ohio or wherever else or whatnot, try that stuff that flies in Brooklyn there and see what happens. You start losing seats. That's the reality. So I think Clyburn is, is wise and right. And unfortunately he's older, which means he's not going to get any respect. He get hey he got his roses today, yo, my frat brother. Hey, um, Arif, let's go. What's your, what's your thoughts? I was actually about to ask what did Clyde Warren say, but I assume from what uh, Chris said that he was basically checking AOC and and today, yeah, that type of group. Yeah, so I did I didn't read it, but my my thing is when is the third party going to you know happen? I just wondered like is it is the Democratic Party is it able to stay together? And we talked about this on on Friday. You know, is it going to stay together or is it you know, some other shift and, and some third group that, that comes around like that's, you know, that would be one of my questions. You know, uh, one of the things I gave our students to read uh, was one that and then this other this idea, like, is America as a country, is it time to, you know, to split is the experiment over, even though it's like, you know, a infant and in compared to many other countries, uh, you know, life cycle. But is it so deeply ingrained that it is, you know, um, just better say, you know what? That's your side. Y'all do you. We'll do us. Mm. And if the country, Mm -hmm. if people are even, you know, just, you know, and obviously it's not going anywhere anytime soon, but just, you know, if people are thinking about that, then why couldn't they think about that as a party? And if folks are serious, then could they do they have enough, you know, uh, you know, gravatas and, and organization and numbers to do something else? Hey, I want Florida the hell away from me, but let's go into closing thoughts. Charles, Charles, we'll start with you. Uh, I'll just say this in closing, man. I, as the sole Democrat on this group, I, I'm taking my party back. And and here in the same way I feel about any other system, I don't love systems. I don't care about the system at the end of the day. I care about our people. And all I care about is like the education of our kids. Like that's my issue. Like that's what I want to make sure. And we good in the rest of these spaces. I would just say um, there's this whole narrative right now about who can talk, who can speak up. Again, 
love Van Jones and what Van Jones done did. I'm here in Oakland. I know I, I'm familiar with his work, but it feel like he can't be on CNN and have a voice unless he's crying. And, or, or like there's something around <laughs> us being strong black men and like caring about our communities. And, and that stuff, that energy got to change, man. And it just does. There's room for him, but there got to be room for me, too. Or I'll bounce. It is what it is. But at the end of the day, all I care about is to make sure that we get what we need. We as black people got to stop being okay with the moral victories. We got to stop being okay with symbolic wins while every other group is getting exactly what they asked for. And I just say that as somebody and I I got love for all you brothers or whatever, but I'm always going to stand on my own, too. And I'm fine with that. And I and Chris, I'll just close with this. You made a really good point about Kentucky. I saw things. There were places where I went where they pointed to where black people were actually lynched before. Like there were actual rules that my grandmother prepped me with before I went out into the world. Right. Like it's very different. And I and I appreciate Philly and New York and all these other in California and all these places, man. But until you've been in a place like that and you can like, go and put your finger there, it's just a little different. So I appreciate and I respect all y'all. I'm just tired of us settling for or uh, like these fake wins that's not real wins yet. Like, let's get that dude out of office. We ain't even got him out of office yet. He about to fight. But when our, when Biden gets in, what is going to change? Where are black people, black men and black women and black folk as a collective going to be represented in actual policies that help us? And until we got those down, I'm not dancing to, a, to, to no fucking jigs. So, and that's it. And that's my piece. Good night. That's what's up. Reeve. Yeah, I mean, I agree with the, you know, uh, the celebration, you know, folks uh, give a high five, give a hug and then, you know, start start moving and shaking like, you know, it's a uh, it can't last, uh, you know, uh, forever. And that's that's the part that I'm nervous about, that people will be such a because it was so traumatic, because it was weighing on so many people's hearts. You know, I am nervous that people will just, you know, they were waiting to exhale. So now they do, you know, um, like, no, nah, it ain't. it's not quite time to exhale. You know, like, I don't think you get that in your, in this lifetime. Um, not anybody our age, you know, or older. And so I think that that work has to continue. I think the accountability, you know, starts now. I think, you know, organizing around because, yeah, that that fight is going to continue the court cases and all that stuff. And it's still none of that. You know, even a Biden in the White House does not answer the 70 million dollar question, you know, which is <laughs> how many people voted and where they are in all the seats of power and everything else that they influence, that they occupy. And, you know, like that's that's still there. That doesn't go away just because administration changed. If anything, it becomes even more entrenched. Hey, that's a seventy-one million dollar question now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow! I, I, I get why people are celebrating. It, you know, when I say that this has been a traumatic presidency, I don't care what color you were. If you weren't part of the white right and the alt right or whatnot, this just hasn't been your country for four years. We have went through four years without a president in a country where we were constantly told that we weren't the real Americans for four years in a way that was different and weird than it had been in many years. So the idea that this wasn't different or that this was just business as usual for racism in America, I don't buy it. I get why there was a cathartic moment. I get why there were people of all colors are racist who, who like released, like let out something that was in them because for four years, we, we, there was a national nightmare for four years, right? We had a dictator who had us on the brink of straight up uh, autocracy in the United States in a way that we had never seen before. If you were watching it every day, that is one of the ways in which it felt. So I get all the, like, I get the catharsis. I get the, 
the celebration. And now I get the calls for going to real work and making real things happen. Um, I think it's going to be very hard because I think the other side is so united, even in their loss of this, they picked up some seats and they have such a strong position and all of this, the right wing infrastructure is still in place that the, the dude is gone, but he, he built up a lot of infrastructure that's in place, right wing media, right wing echo chamber, right wing think tanks, right wing groups, whatever. They're still so united and they don't have anything to divide them because race is the thing that unites them. Democrats have such a fragile position and such a person on top who's in a fragile position. And he's got to balance a whole bunch of different constituencies that are going to all take pot shots every time he doesn't cross a T or dot an I the right way, that they're going to make the right wing's job easy for the next four years, right? There's people already right now who wanted him to lose because they wanted to prove that if it wasn't Bernie, for instance, that um, that he couldn't win. So now that he has won, I can see where they are going to be on him in a way that helps us to keep him honest and credible, but also in a way in which it's going to weaken him uh, at times in dealing with the other team. So I, I, I'm nervous, but I get I get the release. I get where we're at. I feel like we're still in trouble. That's what's up, bro. All right, so I'm going to close this out by saying this, right? Um, there's still a lot of work to do on the Democratic side. Uh, I'm still riding with y'all until January, until after uh, January 5th uh, with the Two races in uh, in Georgia. I would really like to see there be uh, equal amounts of uh, senators on the Democratic side, and then uh, fifty uh, senators caucusing for uh, Democrats as well. So I think that it will be better conversation. In that, um, at the end of the day, what needs to get done for the American people will get done, right? Because I feel like if you stack it, and one person has the one side has the majority, a lot of things that you know, the president wants to get done are not going to get done. Secondly, I want to shout out uh, Stacey Abrams, right? And so I want to do that and I want to do it for this reason. So everybody knows that she was cheated out of a, a governorship, right? And so she didn't like, she, she didn't, she didn't tuck a tail and, 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 and do any of that stuff. She formed an organization in which she uh, empowered folks to come out and register for voting and people are going to try to take roses away from her and that's fine or whatever. But when you got 800,000 people that are now registered voters in Georgia, when you have two Senate seats in a notoriously red state, right? Somebody down there did something. So shout out to the black folks, not just black women, not just black men, but black folks that put in a work down in Georgia. And, and I can't wait to help y'all put in more work so that, you know, possibly I can move to being a, a, a no, I'm not going to do it. But yeah. I was almost there. I was almost <laughs> You're there. Just, you, just you're spit there it now. out. You're man. there. You might as well say it. Don't choke on it. Might as well say it now. No, sir. I'm good. Oh. All right. So, yeah, so you you guys have been listening to another episode of the Eight Black Hands. We hope you enjoyed. If you could share, like, uh, do all those things that we asked you to do earlier. But I know y'all late bloomers and stuff, but it's all good. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Peace. You have been listening to the Eight Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening.